If you haven't signed up for the Discord, this is your annoying reminder. If you've been listening to me week after week for almost a year now, talk about it. And you're like, what this guy just shut up. <laughs> Let me tell you how you can shut me up by signing up for Discord. It will help you out, not just with the content we make. It'll help you be a better eater, better diner, better cook at home, better navigator of culture in general. As we like to say, it'll help you. We at Major Domo with the Discord will make your life a little bit more delicious. Great discount codes to Athletic Brewing, Cometeer Coffee, Any Day Cookware, and all things Momofuku at shop.momofuku.com. Speaking of um, the discount code from Momofuku, we sold out of a chocolate chili crunch bar. It's already gone? In like two minutes. Oh my God. And I'm not trying to say, oh, too bad. We're, we're going to have to do another run. But um, thank you to everybody, and thank you to everyone that's been helping out, uh, supporting us. If you can't find the Chili Crunch, if you can't find our noodles, if you can't find our whole suite of pantry items at Target or Whole Foods, but they're, they're growing there at Publix, they're at Wegmans, and uh, if you're not close to any of those, you can visit us at shop.momofuku.com. Let's get on to the show with some Yola Tango. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new pure leaf blackberry iced tea that we have here at the Spotify studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a berry delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new pure leaf blackberry iced tea. Visit amazon.com slash pure leaf and enter 20 pure leaf. That's 20 pure leaf for 20% off your purchase of new pure leaf Blackberry iced tea. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Got how to start the show, but we're just going to start it. <laughs> Welcome to the Dave Chang Show. There it is. Um, I'm, I think I'm getting sick again. Just FYI. <laughs> Was there a period? Did you have a period of not sickness? Was there a day or two? Yeah, two, literally two days. Felt good. Yeah, but you're feeling bad again. God. Where was your? Where did your uh, day or two? I, I haven't been able to do any like physical activity in a long time. Like yeah. Uh, yeah. Sitting around doing nothing, laying in bed, sitting on a couch with a blanket. <laughs> Where does your two days of... Um, on a plane. You were healthy on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> so you really got doing a lot of traveling. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about traveling? We just got back. When did you get back? Last night? Yeah, I got back last night at midnight. Uh, from? I, uh, Marguerite Mariscal and I taught a class at Harvard Business School uh, with uh, a guest we'll have on soon. Uh, Matt Higgins uh, was... He's working with one of the professors there, or sweet, a whole host of professors. And I think today, Kim Kardashian is speaking. In the same class? It's four speakers a day. Oh. Yeah. And is it undergrads or grad students? Harvard Business School. Oh, that's, that's grad, yeah. grad students. Oh, my God. Do you feel, okay, you've always suffered from, <clears throat> you, you've always, <laughs> you've always had like a pretty serious case of imposter syndrome, but. I feel like you feel comfortable talking about the business you're in. Do you feel it? Do you feel when you're walking the halls of Well, no, I was looking, uh, listening to these students ask questions and just in general. And I, I was like, oh, all of you guys are so much smarter than me. Mm-hmm. Imposter syndrome is real. But I, that, I wasn't necessarily, I've accepted imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's still a challenge. But what's going through my head was, <laughs> They're probably saying to themselves, why am I listening to this guy? <laughs> I mean, they're not, though, because they respect the success. The success is obvious. It's, it's real. It's concrete. I don't know. They're so smart. Yeah. <laughs> Are they? Uh, it, but so Kim Kardashian's today. It's just like I have no idea. But across the world of business. I haven't spent one ounce paying attention <laughs> to any, anything else that's happened there. What did you talk about? 
the restaurant business and our our development of at home products and the noodles and stuff like that. And um, I talked a little bit about Metallica. <laughs> Wait, go on. Well, one of the things is when we were doing Momofuku to begin with, there were a few reasons as to why, but one of which was to reintroduce what Asian food could be mm-hmm. and break down what the gatekeepers thought Asian food was. Okay. And to reintroduce it, right? Because Momofuku was the creator of instant noodles. And uh, Momofuku, Momofuku <laughs> Mondo. Yeah. And besides sounding like motherfucker, <laughs> having a logo that was a reference to the Almond Brothers um, just was a, was a name that I thought would be a nice vehicle to do that. And over the years, right? We've talked about even when Wiley was on, um, a lot of chefs probably accused me of a lot of things in terms of being a populist. And I've never viewed it as a bad thing. And I gave this Metallica analogy. I would go to school on the yellow school bus, remembering this kid named Jason Elliott. And he would every other day wear a, like a, a different death metal, heavy metal band. Mm-hmm. And this was like seventh, eighth grade or so. Uh-huh. Where were you on metal at this time? I didn't like it. Scared me. Scared you, right? Scared it scared me, me too. It's scary. It's scary. scary. <laughs> metal is scary. And, and I, I, Jason and I were close friends. We'd always sit next to each other, and he would look like a hard, hard rock, dev, a heavy metal dude, black jeans, black shirt. Yeah. But we'd sit next to each other because we were the uncool kids on the bus, and, uh-huh. right? Anyway, and I, I got, I knew the, I knew this music because I would hear it from his headphones so much. Yeah, bleeding Just out. Bleeding of his out. <laughs> And I remember when uh, 91, you know, this is right after uh, Nirvana, uh, Metallica's Black Album came out. Mm-hmm. And that was a seminal moment for me mm-hmm. because I remember listening to it and thinking, I like this. Oh. And it, it allowed me to appreciate Master of Puppets and Ride the Lightning. What was the difference with the Black Album? It was like... It was intentionally made for populist people like myself. Okay. It was made, I think, with Mutt Lang, mm-hmm. who was a pop producer. Mm-hmm. And I remember just a lot of the backlash that from people because it was like, this is soft. This is like they not... owned the hardcore heavy metal. Right. Audience, remember? Yeah. They owned them and scared the rest of us because yeah. we were like, uh, they're too hardcore. And then it's actually sort of the equivalent for those that are listening younger when Taylor Swift went to pop from mm-hmm. country. That was sort of that genre switch. She got bored with country, not bored, but the next challenge. Right. And I think for, for me, the, so what we're talking about, the, the, the ethos really hasn't changed in terms of trying to change people's perceptions of what Asian food, are we the definitive or not just Asian food, just foods in general. So that was sort of the, the goal was how do we change more people's perceptions of what food could be? In order to do the same thing, you said, like, uh, like you listen to the Black Album, you're like, hey, I like this. And that opened your eyes to, hey, this stuff that I was scared of is now, I understand it now. No, but it creates that before and after. Hmm. There's a distinct phase. Mm-hmm. You know this if you grow, listen to music. Yeah, every, I, yeah. I love that band. I mean, I grew up in Virginia. My brothers would go to bars where Dave Matthews was the bartender. <laughs> Dave Matthews used to play at JMU, Richmond, all those times. They wound up hating him <laughs> when he signed with RCA Records and that first album came out. Mm-hmm. And so did most of college-educated, like, Virginia schools, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is where they played because he was a sellout. Sure. Sure. And, like, uh, their band could not be everybody's band. I don't want to say everybody's band, but... I don't even know who likes Dave Matthews, but it seemed like a lot of people like Dave Matthews. Oh, yeah. Millions and millions and millions of people. Did Dave, I mean, not that you're like a Dave Matthews historian, but like that stylistic change is interesting. So when you say like uh, the Black Album came out and it kind of alienated the hardcore audience, but it brought more people into the fold of metal generally, extend that metaphor to like what you're saying with Momofuku and like CBG and the product itself. I mean, it's it's not exact, but it's a it's a switch. We're we're still... It's a, just a, a, a trying to reach an audience that doesn't necessarily go to restaurants all the time. And, mm-hmm. and not that we're not, we're focused still on restaurants. And again, if you've known what we've talked about, it's, it's just being balanced as doing two different things with the same amount of energy simultaneously. So yes, and, and, and doing all of these products 
to reach a different audience as well, right? And and really that audience is, and I've talked about this a lot, uh, the ethnic food aisle. Right. That's just something that has to change. And it doesn't have to just be my or Momofuku's. It can be anyone and everybody that can change that and just to sort of obliterate and make that ethnic food aisle just another aisle. Because, I mean, yeah, I think that, I think that as, as I hear you talking about it, it's to me it says, we talk about this all the time, right? Like, we live in a, a very insulated circle of like food knowledgeable people and we can be sort of tricked into thinking like, oh, what we know about food and like the people around us know about food, everybody knows. Right. But the truth probably is as far as like ramen has come in this country, as far as like you said, there's a, a good to decent ramen in every major city in the country. To the majority of people, ramen is still probably instant noodles. Yeah. And it's been commoditized. So. Uh, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of things that uh, we're talking about that we want to do. And I'm an addict to restaurants. <laughs> you don't know how many restaurants I've wanted to open up in the past 36 months. <laughs> I've seen a little bit of it. You can't um, even, you can't I am even just walk ready near, to go. You can't even walk near an empty space without being like, oh, what could I put in there? Um, and I am an addict to that end. And thank God Marguerite is the decision maker on that. Yeah. And we have a whole team in. And we're working on a bunch of things. But if it was up to me, How's Boston? I eat? was only there for a day. Yeah. Got it. Flew in, flew out the same day. Were you in New York also? Uh, or you just flew in and did? No, we were, it was in New York. New York for two days. Okay. Eat anything? I, I, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I just slept because I wasn't feeling so good. Oh, yeah. I didn't leave the room. Sorry for anybody. I didn't see anybody. <laughs> I, I wasn't feeling up to snuff to get out. <laughs> and I was staying at a friend's place uh, who was gone, and I'd never left. They had uh, in their room um, blackout. Ooh. And I, I pretty much wasn't a sensory deprivation thing. <laughs> are you are you like 100% on board with blackout curtains or do you have any problem with them? I think they're wonderful. I think so. They're so do you have them at home? Your, there was a your book I read in college. Blackout? I can't remember. It was about Carl, Carlos Castaneda what, would do sensory deprivation tanks. Because if you're in one, you effectively can trip your balls off. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sometimes what it feels like mm-hmm. uh, when you're in a totally black room. Yeah. Yeah. Like totally black, meaning like you, there's no, no light. There's no Nothing. point at which like, oh, my eyes will adjust and I'll start to be able to see something because there is no light. No, it was, it's pitch black. <laughs> I love it in so the much. middle of the day. And it was like that for most, except for the glow of my phone and my iPad. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't do anything. Um, I, didn't order food. I just cooked stuff that he had in his fridge. <laughs> I made a soup. I made a beef rice. What else did I make? I made a. I can never pronounce it. The aglio olio. Yeah, I can't do it. That's pretty good, right? I have no idea. What else did I make? I had some um, focaccia that I reheated. <laughs> so that was that was so my was time. Like very in recently, you were just like leftovers. I mean, no. oh, it was frozen. I, I had no, I mean, I literally, guys, when I've been complaining about sick, I have been so sick. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, I didn't do anything. I did, um, did an event at Co, and that was fun. Um, it was great to see everybody. Co is great restaurant. I'm, I'm missing one of the pieces. We have a lot of the cookbooks. Uh, a lot of my cookbooks are at Co, and I'm, I'm missing a lot, most of which are gone because of a flood. I've talked about that before. But I've been thinking about Pascal Babo's um a cook's book. And it's probably like I've seen one version to be almost like 50 or 500 bucks. Oh my God. It's in English or it's in the French version. French. Okay. Um I've had both. God damn. Fifty five hundred bucks. I'm shocked to see that price. The English version that's paperback, but it's still in a cover, is going for eight hundred bucks. What? When did Pascal do these books? I don't remember this. Uh, 12, 11, 11 years ago. Okay. Anyway, Pascal, if you don't know who Pascal Barbeau is, he's the uh, three mission star. I mean, Michelin fucked him, gave him two stars, and he just moved to the old uh, Joel Robochon's uh, Maxime space that had been vacant for years. And him and his uh, front of the house partner, Christoph, uh, I think recently reopened. Um and I just think pound for pound, he's one of the best chefs in the world. He is a marvel. I, I've been, I've had the pleasure of cooking with him many times. I, I have the honor to call him a friend, and I love him dearly, and I've learned so much from him. 
one of the very, very best, uh, really. I mean, he's a just un, un, unreal. He was a sous chef for Passard, um, and he's had one of the most influential restaurants, a tiny, tiny restaurant, restaurants, and it's a, there's no menu, right? Mm-hmm. Anyways, the cookbook, I'm only bringing this up because huh, I don't know why, but I've been trying to find a recipe that I thought I gaslit. I thought I'd been gaslighting myself. There's a halibut recipe in the technique section of the mm-hmm. book, and I haven't seen this book in a long time. And Co, I was like, Co, I go to the back, I say hi to Esther, and the team's doing oh, just the sickest food. It's so good. Um, and I go to see if it's there. It's there, but I'm missing the technique. It's a very small pamphlet. That came with a book. And in that pamphlet is a recipe where he's cooking, I believe it's halibut or um, turbo, a tranche of turbo. And the technique is this. Cook it every day for six months. That's right. That's right. And I I, I just wanted to see that again, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it's not gone. there. Somebody, I don't want to say somebody stole it. I could have misplaced it. Somebody may have checked it out of the library. Somebody could have checked it out. Somebody, a guest could have taken it. I don't know. <laughs> So, here's so I'm, what, uh, I'm I'm a little perturbed. I'm a little nervous that you just said there's a very expensive, sought after cookbook sitting there at your restaurant because, as we know, I mean, it's all in plain sight. Like for a lot of people, as we know, people will steal anything and everything from a restaurant. There's some nice cookbooks there. <laughs> Stop telling people that. Like, what are you doing? You're just be like, and I'll be out of town from the 24th to the 28th. The security system will be down for repairs. Like, don't do that. <sighs> but if will. there's somebody that has this book, can you just send me a photo of that? <laughs> just that one. And I'm one. not gonna. I'm not gonna bother Pascal <laughs> for this. Hey, Pascal. Can you take a photo of this, of the English translation? I mean, I hope that that's a real, I hope that's a real line and you weren't gaslighting yourselves because you've been telling me this for years now. I'm like, oh, that's a super cool recipe. I repeated that story too. But just going over that book, it is so good. Yeah. And that, and it's, man, I, I used to read a lot of cookbooks. I don't nearly as much, I don't do it as much anymore, but um, it was good. So, But New York, I, I wish it was longer, but I, I just have been, uh, it's a broken record. I, I've been feeling ill. I, I'm still Recovering from shingles. Yeah. Uh, um, can we get a doctor that knows about shingles? You want a shingles doctor? Let's get a shingles doctor. Gabby's nodding her head and giving us yeah. the thumbs up. Let's get a shingles doctor. Why can't you get the vaccine now? Oh, after you have it? Well, why does it have to be over 50? Oh, you know what I mean? I don't I understand. So if I'm 49 and a half years old, right. I can't get it? I w- yeah. Is this, uh, is this similar to food expiring? It's like best used by, but not really. I see what you're saying. So some actual medical actuary, what, who does the data to figure it's got to be 50? Why can't it be yeah, for anybody it, that's 35 and up? Is it, it, to me, it's either. Because this is the shittiest thing to have. Shingles. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want it. Yeah, get it. It's a two dose. I would get it, but guess what? <laughs> can't until you're 50 the the face shingle seems like my greatest fear in life it's not good but it's it's got to be one of two things let's find this this let's get our let's activate discord activate let's find a shingle thank you ellen by the way for your friend the poo poo doctor oh yeah the poo poo doctor was a true delight to speak to (laughs) i had so i was i was thinking about this as it was raining uh, you know, torrentially here in Southern California, I was thinking about uh, our poo-poo doctor. She's not a doctor. Why are we calling her a doctor? <laughs> doctor. Uh, I was I was talking to our sewage and water treatment expert, or thinking about her, and as I, was, I watched all this water like going down the street into the drain, and I was like, none of that is making its way into our like reservoir. That's all just going out to sea. Like that's a total waste. And then I read a I read a thing uh, in the LA Times today about just like. All you read the LA rain. Times? Are you a subscriber? I just subscribed. Wow. I just subscribed for a dollar for six months. <laughs> I just subscribed because I was like, can I tell you when I unsubscribed, how hard it was to unsubs- unsubscribe? Oh, just the process? Yes. Oh, God. It is impossible. Why'd you unsubscribe? You just weren't into it. I don't like, I only like fake news these days. <laughs> well, but is it like one of these things where it's like, it's asking you over and over again, like, are you sure you want to leave? Yeah. And I just, you have to call a person and they, they just won't let you do it. You got to call somebody oh, and yeah. speak to a human to yes. get off this thing? Yes. Oh, I'm trapped forever now. Yes. You're, you're stuck. 
Well, I just I just subscribed because there was a few paywall things that I wanted to see. I want to know, <laughs> dude. I'm so I'm so susceptible to clickbait. Are you susceptible to clickbait? It well, was like this tiny California coastal town is drawing people by the masses, and I was like, clearly, what is the fucking town? Clearly, I I'm going through clickbait right now. <laughs> I mean, you are the clickbait now. I've had a hard time wrapping my head around this and keeping my mouth shut. Young me would have just gone out and spoken to every journalist and everybody commenting on social media and just yelling and screaming and shouting from the top of my lungs. Yeah. I, this is not what happened. <laughs> are you, are you, is this the Costco chicken? Man, it is insane. Dude. I, I had no idea. I, on Instagram, I sent an, a text to Costco. I never DM'd any. You DM Costco to say what? I'm sorry. Yeah. Please. No. Please, what did I say? please stop sending the Illuminati after me. Whether you're aware or not, blah, 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 because I spoke about, I really love, but uh, about uh, Costco. I really love Costco. I love blah, 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 blah. I certainly could have used my words more carefully when talking about the artistic chicken, but what, what I was trying to say is it's just not good cold. You apologize to Costco. Yeah, I, don't, I feel bad. I don't feel bad for the people <laughs> angry. I feel bad that they think. Can I tell you? I got pull quoted and it's it they're just doing their job to get clicks. I get it. These journal they're not are they journalists? Uh I mean it's not really fair to journalists to call them journalists. I mean I get they're it. like and it clearly it works, right? Yeah. But if you use what's happened with Costco, which is only bothering a a group of people, I would imagine, you extrapolate what's happened there. To news in general, mm-hmm. and it's a that's it's a scary thing. Super scary. This is so low stakes. You said I, I think Costco chicken doesn't taste good the next day. And I said it was, it was inedible and disgusting, <laughs> but it's also like our podcast. If you listen to it, this is how we talk. About we stuff. literally were talking about how <laughs> slow food, organic food, and rich f- ingredients are garbage mm-hmm. in relation to the affordability and accessibility. And then, so like you you take things out of context. Yes, you can string anything together. Yeah. But then when it comes to like high stakes stuff. If this is happening with this, where it it gave me, it made me sad, actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, this sounds so obvious, but like, I don't know what's going to happen as we move forward. Like, everything is fake. Everything is not real. Everything is out of context. Do we eventually, are we moving toward a reaction or are we moving toward an acceptance? Do you think people like just accept that? Well, I don't know. I mean, the first person that did it, I think, was Business Insider. Mm-hmm. And then it was to Yahoo Finance. And then it was New York Post. And then, and each one, depending on the kind of publication, was more, you know, yeah. inflammatory. More sensational, more And less. then people is the least. <laughs> People's the least sensational. They're like. It, well, it is, but it's not. Right. And then. And, and, what I was trying to say is somebody that has never looked at this and read it like that, it's certainly being tailored for their specific audience. Mm. And that's when I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. that's fucking scary. It's terrifying. I was talking to Noel, who's been like a little under the weather, uh, or I've been having a little bit of a, a personal thing, but she texted me the other day and was like, so I got home and uh, I turned on the TV and you know had TM- TMZ on in the background. <laughs> They talked about it there? <laughs> TMZ stopped Curtis Stone, the chef, at LAX airport to ask for comment on your Costco chicken. <laughs> what is happening? I was like, what? This is this is unraveling into something that is like totally bizarre. Like, I don't know how to describe what's happening. Uh, it is so surreal. I mean, it's surreal because it was not... Like to your point, like we, we didn't do an episode about Costco chicken. It was like a line within like a much larger conversation about, you know, like you said, slow food and organic. And this is happening with the lowest stake thing. I, I have no words. No. Listen, as somebody that's speaking more and more for a living, could I have used my words more carefully? Sure. If I knew I was talking about it like that. And I also have to understand that, yeah, there is a certain platform that I have that can be extrapolated, blah, blah, blah. But But at the same time. You didn't say anything untrue. I'm not saying don't eat it. I definitely didn't say 
Why are you? Why are you? What are you, What are you concerned about? No, why? I'm not concerned. I know that this is a cycle. It is just sh- insanely shocking to me mm-hmm. that this has unfolded as it has, mm-hmm. and it's much ado about nothing. Mm-hmm. But people that are uh, on TikTok or saying things about it about how I hate poor people. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, 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 it's just it is in no reference what is truthful versus what is not is is that is what is very very disconcerting and i can see what's happening now at a larger scale and it, it's scary yeah yeah well yeah i mean i think that that is that is the thing is like a <laughs> Part of it is also just like people looking to have be offended in some way, right? I, I don't, I don't mean it that way. What I mean is like a sort of objective uh, evaluation of the Costco chicken of just being like, I like the other rotisserie chickens. But here's better. the thing: what Jerry said it too. We're not allowed to criticize anything. Mm-hmm. What if can we say it can be better? Mm, sure. No answer is no. <laughs> I mean, we can. You can, but I, I just. In no way I would have ever said this knowing that it would cause this kind of reaction to, but the the crazy thing is, is I still buy it. Mm-hmm. I bought two. <laughs> so I, when I go there and the line's not long, I'm going to buy it again. Right. But you're, people are like, you saying the Costco chicken is bad is somehow representative to your attitude of your attitude toward people who are like buying it for economic reasons. They're like, this is a cheap way to feed my family. We literally just discussed how ordering Domino's is extremely <laughs> affordable and we know we should be supporting smaller businesses and smaller pizzerias, but you get so much more food for Domino's than their competitors. Yeah. <laughs> we literally had a conversation where I told everybody and it has been, it was a seminal moment for me where I was on my elitist high horse, which I certainly was, proclaiming the virtues of organic poultry, mm-hmm. when a lady told me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> you don't know shit. That's right. That's right. That was the whole <laughs> the conversation. That's how we started talking about Costco chicken, was being like, we're a bunch of elitists that are disconnected. <laughs> we got in the Costco chicken, and all you were just like, this doesn't taste as good as the next day as other rotisserie chickens. All rotisserie chickens. <laughs> all I really said was it needs to be, and listen, all rotisserie birds are pumped with yeah. shit. Yeah. They all are. <laughs> That's what makes it juicy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's the juice that they inject into the chicken. Uh, people wouldn't eat rotisserie chicken if it wasn't pumped full of shit. Yeah. When I say shit, it is not a bad thing, and I'm not saying it's literally poo-poo. It's a sm- potpourri of stuff. Yeah. It's like a solution of sugar and salt and water. And probably and, nitrates. And nitrates, yeah. Love it. That's <laughs> <laughs> why I like, I, I want to add sulfites when I drink orange wine. I want that. <laughs> All right? Yeah. It just, it needs to be more seasoned when it's cold. And it's white meat, white meat. Now, if I say chicken breast sucks, mm-hmm. I hate White meat. <laughs> yes. Who does that? What is? What group of people am I offending? Uh, I mean, I think white people. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Who are you offending? Some group of. I mean, that's people, sort like, of what it was. Right? I was like, I hate white meat. I think it tastes like shit. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah. In these circumstances, it is good. I like it boiled. Mm-hmm. I like it when it's potentially shredded or in a heavy sauce. The reason I don't like it is it dries out because there's no fat. Mm-hmm. There's no muscular connection that makes it sort of delicious. Mm-hmm. And poached, boiled is delicious or ripping hot right out of the fryer. Yeah. There are very few moments where white meat is good. I agree with that. But there is a time and place for it. Yeah, There is a time and place. Now, I think the logic of that statement is very similar to what we said with Costco, the chicken itself, when cold, or just it's... Now, could a journalist pull that out and said, Dave hates... Right. White. (laughs) Dave hates white meat. 
uh, yeah, we, you, you didn't you didn't specifically say poultry meat. You could be talking about the color of people's skin. <laughs> I, don't I don't know, man. It's just a statement of fact that I don't like it. But do I eat it? Yes. Mm-hmm. But completely taken out of context. The last time something got taken out of context was when I said figs on a plate with Bordeaux. Like right. at this level. Yeah. This is very similar. So what I've been thinking about was how similar this was to figs on a plate. And it it's touched a nerve in the same vein. Right. With the polar opposite groups. <laughs> right. <laughs> I pissed off everybody. Right. People in San Fran. Yeah, I'll say San Fran. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Still pissed. Just, the, just the, the, he knows it's not San Fran. He is just doing it to troll. The most just, elitist snobs, food snobs you can get, yeah. like top tier food yeah, snobs. Offended, offended elitist, us, offended them. All of all of it. Right. And now the Costco chicken people. Yeah. You offended both sides. The sides of the spectrum I've offended. Yeah. Similar reaction. Yeah. I got so much hate mail, borderline death threats from San Fran people. Right. When in both cases, I see the similarities. So you were saying, so with the Costco chicken thing, it's like people interpreted, I hate, let's just pretend like the, the basic thing you said was, I hate Costco chicken, which is not what you said. Let's pretend that was it. That got interpreted as, I hate people who like Costco chicken. When in fact, the sentiment was, I think the people who eat Costco chicken deserve a little bit of a better chicken. It should be a little bit better. Or if you're going to eat it cold, it needs to be highly seasoned. Right. And the, the next day, cold, any rotisserie chicken is shit. <laughs> That's what I said like that last time. But now it's, oh, all chickens are shit. I was like, no. <laughs> this isn't a logical fucking like Aristotle formula. If A, I'm then reading, B, then C. I, I'm, reading the, I'm reading the headline now. It's just like... Celebrity chef Dave Chang doubles down on Costco takes, says oh, all chickens are shit. <laughs> and anybody that eats the right side of the chicken are fascists. All chickens are shit. Um, no, and, 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 and how I'm saying that is exactly how I said it with Costco. All rotisserie birds the next day cold out of the refrigerator taste fucking shitty. Mm -hmm. They taste crappy. They taste dry. They taste mealy. They're not fun to eat mm -hmm. they're sort of gross i agree do i still eat it yes i do <laughs> well similarly with like that figs on a plate comment it was really that does does that mean people <laughs> how do you reference that i hate <laughs> i just it is beyond me i mean it's impressive it, i mean it, it, it's like what you said about it being terrifying is true it's terrifying how that was like the polar opposite sentiment becomes the headline. And the, it's two different groups, similar reactions. Well, I was going to say the San Francisco one, your comment about face on a plate is really <laughs> at its core. There is something, and maybe you disagree with me, but I think that if you, if I really look at that sentence and like the sentiment of it, the sentiment actually is similar to the Costco thing. Like I love the produce in San Francisco. I love San Francisco they deserve to be doing something better. Like, they, you deserve better as a diner. Again, just to reference the whole thing, which is why I got so mad at, especially some of those chefs. You know who you are now. I know who you are. <laughs> that fucking guy that canceled the goddamn Asia Society interview. Yeah. That backstabbing motherfucker. <laughs> what a backstabbing motherfucker. Gary, on the story. Yeah, don't get me so don't mad. Get, don't get lost in vengeance. Let's get back to this, <laughs> the story. I'm sure it's, it's on video. Just like we, we we have the podcast, mm -hmm. all of it's on record. You can listen to it and understand, oh, that, that, that thing where I'm speaking with Tony is on record. You probably watch it somewhere. What got pull quoted was San Francisco doesn't do anything. They just put figs on a plate. They don't manipulate their food. They don't cook. They just put figs on a plate. What I was saying was San Francisco should be the premier dining in the world. Yeah. Because culturally, it has had the most advancements in sexuality, in politics, in music, if you think about it, with psychedelics, the Grateful Dead, uh, literature, mm -hmm. art, all forms of art, technology, every, almost every facet of culture that you can consume, the Bay Area at large has been the leaders in the progressive movement of those fields. Mm -hmm. 
And not only that, the things that have become the iconoclastic thing get broken with a new iconoclastic thing. That is a cycle, except for one, which was revolutionary at its time. And another thing is, Alice Waters is like a mom to me. And I love Chez Panisse. Mm-hmm. It is such a fiercely strong movement that it became stuck in stone. And nobody wanted to fuck with that. Yeah. Now, now, what I love about San Francisco was the celebration of diversity. Literally. Let's accept as many multitudes of opinions as possible. Except for this one. Except for this one. <laughs> and this is coming from people that literally say, I love diversity, but yeah. don't you fuck with my food. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Easy. Take it easy. Yeah. Ooh. And they got very mad. And guess what? I was fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> And back then, they asked me to apologize, and I doubled down. Right. I'm not going to double down on this. I'm, uh, the older me isn't angry about this. I'm just more concerned. I don't want to get people mad. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for them to get mad. And if they're mad, I'm sorry. I really right. am. I don't want them to get mad and spend time getting mad. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, what you're saying right Especially now Especially when like... I'm, I'm on the... I don't even know what people... Are. <laughs> it dawned on me... This is a Kirby enthusiasm episode. Mm-hmm. It really is. And I'm legitimately Larry David right now. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, this is art imitating life. <laughs> Basically, if this was a Kirby enthusiasm moment, they would have they would put a picture of you up at all the Costco's being like, do not serve this man now. And you're like, no, no, my favorite place now. I can't go back. Oh, I didn't serious. say anything. Every time we talk about Costco, I'm talking, I marvel at it. I, uh, I don't even understand what's happening here. Uh, by the way, you also pointed out a very good deal on brisket at Costco. <laughs> like, yeah. it's talking about like economic savings. Uh, I called it the Castle Anthrax <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> for those that didn't know, that hate my guts, in Monty Python, it was a castle where men could not leave because mm-hmm. they were tempted too much. Mm-hmm. I use that, not that, Maybe it was too obscure as a temptation to spend everything and all your time and chicken at Costco to anthrax is basically is basically what anyway, happened. moving on. I really didn't want it, but you asked me what I wanted to hear. I had to see. I, I was like, when Noel texted me that about TMZ, I was like, wait, what? I was like, are they at least tagging our podcast so we can get some more listeners? Like, that's insane. What is happening? It's crazy. Right? Yeah. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Can we, can we talk about i just digress a tiny bit i was thinking about what you're saying about san francisco and so so basically what you were saying was san francisco bay area was home of like a tremendously important movement in food in the 60s 70s 80s right it was like california cuisine celebration of the ingredient drawing on italian french you know the rest of the world but that became like the signature thing and it became like entrenched and i was like similarly like you go to san francisco if you go like to your average whatever souvenir shop tourist shop whatever all of the san francisco imagery is still based on like 60s 70s like you know hippie hate ashbury free love type of stuff which was a tremendously important moment and like led to you know important to the civil rights movement everything what do you think about that like more I know you've thought about this with like Momofuku and stuff, but like <laughs> when you have a success like that, a city, a company, a person can become like imprisoned by that like signature thing. 
Like, do you feel like fighting that has been part of like Momofuku? No, I think about Phil Jackson and the triangle offense when he was coaching. Who he never let go. He just wouldn't let go of it ever. Of the New York Knicks, yeah. Yeah. It worked. Why yeah. change it? Yeah. <laughs> well, eventually it stops working, yeah. right? Like, that's the problem. And again, in 2023, people that may or may not understand, we're like, no, San Francisco food's not like that at all. It's 2023. <laughs> yeah. This is like, 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. 15 years ago is a long time. Yeah. What's... It was 15 years ago. Can you believe that? That's insane, actually. It was 15 years ago. San Francisco food was a dramatically different place. It was extremely monochrome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, having, I, like, that was the era where I had maybe just stopped working in San Francisco restaurants, but I remember, like, if one thing showed up on a menu, it was on every single menu, and it was, like, it was the era of every single ingredient has its farm listed. You know, and it was like, that was just the trend. And like, you couldn't break out of that thing at all. And it's taken me time to appreciate it. And I've always appreciated it, but now I understand it a lot more. But listen, all I'm trying to say is I pissed off both ends of the spectrum, the food spectrum. Very few people couldn't have said that, you know, um, geez. Good job, Dave. I mean, and that, what's what's crazy is like people. I'm a fan like, of both too, which is what's fucking wild to me. I love San Francisco food. Right. What the fuck? Right. I love Costco. I love Costco chicken Caesar wrap thing. Yeah. So good, chicken roll, so good. Pizza's delicious. <laughs> what the fuck is? The, the I, I don't bake. know what's happening. I mean, I was not like I said. I only like caught a little bit of this from Noel and and hearing it tangentially because I was getting yelled at directly by my friends about the other things that we were talking about. Our fifty thousand dollar restaurant. My friends have all just been yelling at me about this thing, being like, "Why do you want to spend so much more money going to dinner? Like, wh- what? So what's been the fallout for you?" So I was I was trying to explain this thing. My friends were listening to the pod, <laughs> yelling about it, and they came and like carried on their conversation uh, to our house. <laughs> you know, they were talking about like. Let's say the price of like the best restaurants in the world go up to twenty five hundred, three thousand dollars as the as the normal price, as opposed to five, six hundred bucks, right? And they were like, they misinterpreted something we said as like the difference between six hundred and twenty five hundred is 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 negligible. That's not what we actually said. We're just saying like they argued with me like the average person, the you know middle class, upper middle class person who's like aspiring to go to these restaurants can afford to go to a $600 restaurant once a year maybe or twice a year. And my point was like why should they be able to do that? That's the point. If it's a truly nobody's once having this conversation about Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, oh that's what exactly what we're trying to say. Swift too. Oh my god, I got yelled at about Taylor Swift because Why? like somebody was like somebody <laughs> that I was arguing with like had Taylor Swift <laughs> tickets, and I was just like, why were you willing to pay that for this, but not this other thing? And they're just like, well, you know, it's like Taylor Swift, and you know, we get to sit in the front row, and I was like. <laughs> you're one of like 30 million people who are going to do that. Like I, it's, I was just getting screamed at about this. And again, it's like an intellectual exercise. It's like, why can't it be just, and I'm not saying the nicest is restaurant. Too, is, is this too highbrow of a conversation to be had where we're holding multiple <laughs> points simultaneously that are, no, because it can't be distilled, contradictory. Because it can't be distilled down to one, or it can be because it's being distilled down to Costco chicken is shit. Dave Chang says that nice restaurants should cost fifty thousand dollars. Like, there's no, that's the only way you can distill this to eight words. You know what I mean? Like, we had no intention that th- <laughs> that this was. Can you just have conversation and dialogue? And yeah, can you? No, not anymore. Definitely not. <sighs> I just, again, nobody's given me a, a reason other than we are DNA programmed to desire food because we need it or we'll die, right. but we don't need art. Right. I, I don't know much. My personal opinion for me is I disagree with that. Mm-hmm. On our Discord channel, uh, I think it's Sad Bunny that says, the answer to the question, Dave, as to why food can never be as valued in other parts of culture like Elton John's last concert or the Super Bowl, 50-yard line, whatever, whatever. These obscenely priced things that are gross. And we were very clear. It's gross. (laughs) (laughs) Not good. But that's not what we're asking is, why is food not considered that as an experience? Right. Right? (laughs) Ephemeral. Ephemeral things. We're not even talking about art. Just ephemeral things. We're not talking about just anything that's ephemeral. Well, there is an opinion that 
food is what is necessary to survive and everything else is non-essential in life. I don't know if I agree with that statement. That's me. Which side of that? That food, that the... I, both sides of that ring false to me. On the one hand, I do think that art is essential <laughs> and, and in the same way that food and I think that art and culture and music and all that it can be as essential to our survival as food. On the other hand, I also believe that like food prepared and served at the level we're talking about. And again, we're not talking about the nicest restaurant in your town. We're talking about the practitioners at the For highest example, level in the it's world. It's not going to your local music club <laughs> right. and watching the new, you know, Synth band, right? That's doing craftwork covers. Teenage Sons band, yeah, yeah. like that's not it. We're talking about Elton John here. Yeah, talking about Elton John. Talking about practice. <laughs> um, so no, I, I, I again, while it's a reason, I, I appreciate it. To me, it's not enough. I think there's something else, and I do think that it's it. We don't have an answer. We're never going to have it. Part of it was, hey, let's just have a conversation about it. I'm glad people are talking about it. I don't know what's happening. In, in, in general, Chris, without talking forever, which is what I didn't want to do today, I didn't want to talk about this because I just wanted to say it scares me. Because if I was a person of note with actual essential things. If you were a governor, you were a senator, you were somebody. Now I understand yeah. why. Yeah. Well, now you understand why people go so, also so far out of their way to say nothing. Yeah. And not have a conversation. And I really think we're getting to something that is endemic of culture. Mm -hmm. That is not a good thing. Mm -hmm. We can't have a dialogue anymore. We can't have a conversation. Even if you're in agreement, which is crazy. Right. We're in agreement. Right. But how everything's getting siphoned off and siloed off into these, you know, when I was studying religion, I, I, I did a sort of an independent study on, <laughs> I think I told you this way back when. This is before... This is when there was a bomb in the World, uh, World Trade Center. Mm -hmm. Remember, they, there was a bomb in the parking garage. Mm -hmm. And then two years later was the terrible 9-11. And this was during my junior year, senior year. And I remember studying. I was like, why would they do that? And I, I, I just had a, there was not that much information. But it was, why would somebody do this? And I was learning a little bit more about uh, radicalist Islamic groups. And... <sighs> It, it struck a nerve for me because why it's self-perpetuating is in some places, and I don't want to say it's specifically Al-Qaeda because I am not. This is now 20, 30 years ago. Oh, my. Yeah. Non-reliable information. But what I remember, they would take the best and brightest in towns mm -hmm. and basically give them the Quran to only read and to study mm -hmm. in their religious sects. Mm -hmm specific views they were only allowed it was the only information they were given the mm -hmm. only data they were given the only knowledge that's it mm -hmm. that's your world at large and if that's all you know and you prune and trim anybody that questions that ideology and that dialogue that there may be something beyond there how are you any different than truman and the truman show yeah where you have been surrounded by people to reinforce the truth that like is being presented, right? If everyone around you is saying like, if you're reading something and you're experiencing something, why would you question it if everyone around you is like, that's the truth? And that's really what I, I've been noodling on. And it's unfortunate that fake news has been out there and it's been really, but in some ways this is like legitimate. And I'm not trying to, please don't make this scandalous. I'm really not. I'm just trying to have a conversation with Chris and the <laughs> listeners of this podcast, please. <laughs> But this is this is this is this is legitimately fake news. Mm -hmm. Is it true? Yes, it is true. If you take it out of context, one hundred percent, I said those things. Mm -hmm. I did. I'll tell you right now, I said those things. But a lot of people can say a lot of things if you take it out of context. Right. We're missing the context in conversations, right. in social media, in dialogues, in media in general. That's what scares the shit out of me. And why would anybody? question that when it's just getting the fed to them and their algorithm and they're eating it like goldfish and no i'm not saying you guys are goldfish jesus no, i can see being, that fucking no, headline no, but we're being treated like goldfish is the thing so you remember what was it what was it the what was the thing we used to talk about with like that clip of kobe bryant unflinching in the face yes. of uh is it matt barnes yep. like 
there's a clip where Matt Barnes looks like he's inbounding the ball and it looks like he's under the basket and he's trying to give it to someone like, on Sacramento and he pumps it. He like, he's pump faking it. What looks like directly one inch from Kobe's face and Kobe does not flinch. And, and it's just, everyone's like Mamba, Mamba, Mamba mentality. Bad motherfucker. Bad then, man. Bad. This fucking guy's the best. <laughs> but when and you I, look at I, it look, from like, it, the, I thought that way too. I was like, damn Kobe shit. <laughs> And okay, and this is this is a perfect analogy for right here because like taking nothing away from Kobe Bryant and Mamba mentality, which is very very real, taking nothing away from that. If you watch the overhead angle, it's just perspective. Matt Barnes is like three and a half feet away from Kobe, and it just looks like you're on this profile view. But that thing, that like, if you throw if you scroll through like your TikTok or your like Discover tab on Instagram, like every single thing you see is that play. It's all just like, whoa, check this out. If I only angle. watch Fox News, if I uh, only watch CNBC, if I only read the Quran and nothing else, if I only read, you know, the New Testament. Yeah. But it's, what, what I was trying to get at If I only read like, Clive Klusler. But what I was getting at was like, I think it's partially a factor of what's being presented is partially the media doing all this, but the media, I'm not talking about the media. Oh my God. Talking about the media like this makes you sound like a true lunatic, right? Sorry. That's what's crazy. You can't say the media or you sound like a fucking lunatic. Easy Ron DeSantis. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, it's servicing a desire. We want that. We want to be shocked and surprised. And we want to believe that like crazy things are happening. I want to, when I see his headline, that says like David Chang hates chicken. I'm like, Oh shit. Like that, that I'm just as guilty as everyone else too. And so are you. Yeah. And I'm not trying, this is not, it's just a problem. And I'm part of the problem. You're part of the problem. Cause this is what I'm like, Oh, I don't know how to break the wheel though. That's the thing. It's like, I don't know how to break out of, I know when I look at my social media, everything is fake, but I'm still like, oh, damn, do you see that? You see that trick shot? That was crazy. Oh, damn, Dave Chang hates chicken. Oh, my God, next, 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 next. I want to be like, I, I don't want to live in like banal, regular life. I just want to see wondrous, ridiculous things, and people will keep feeding me that. So, you know. In Buddhism and Hinduism, they call it like Maya, all right? The veal of illusion. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what this all is. I was like, what the fuck is happening? <clears throat> this is the stuff when I, as I was sick in my sensory deprivation tank <laughs> that I've been thinking about legitimately. I've been thinking about the veal of, veal of illusion. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. It's the and it's, it's hard because what is someone's reality is reality to them. And and, and, and I'm Dude. trying to understand if people are upset at me, they have every right to be upset at me because that's the information that they take. Why should they take time to listen to a overly long podcast or whatever, 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 when their news source that is now probably has other things that are factually true. Yeah. And this is factually true on paper, but it's one perspective and you're going to see what you are designed to see. That's what I've been thinking about. And it's been melting my brain. And I also know, no, this doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter at all, which I, I, I only want to talk about five minutes. We've not talked like an hour about <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just nervous that the truth is if we were all presented with like a opportunity to leave the matrix, we'd all just be like, no, <laughs> I'd rather stay in. And that, this is the first time where I've seen it with a, more maturity, with some more lucid thoughts. And it's scary. Yeah. Well, I mean, people are seeking something. People are are definitely want some sort of like comfort in this way. And I'm not saying that I'm we're the solution. I'm saying I'm just we're just like everybody here in our own ways, right? With our own information. We're all like this. We're all the same here. So I don't know what the answer is, man. I don't either. I don't know how to break out of it because I'm still, I still like open that. I still open my social media and look for the same things. And more to the point, if I see something incredible, if I were to see, if I didn't know you and I was like, oh, David Chang hates Costco chicken, nothing in the world could bring me to look that up, <laughs> like confirm whether that was true. There ain't nothing that would make me like say like, what is this? Let me listen to the podcast and hear uh, the full context. Until the next thing I say, like San Francisco. 
I, there's nothing in the world could compel They don't me. manipulate their food. <laughs> they just put figs on a plate. Nothing would compel me to look deeper into that. I'd be like, this motherfucker insulted my city and my chicken? <laughs> this son of a bitch. I thought I knew this guy, but this headline teaches me otherwise. So... <laughs> So if you're new to the podcast this week because you heard DJ hates chicken, he does hate chicken. Um, the one thing I did, well, yeah, time to uh, just changing subjects because we weren't supposed to talk about this at all. Um, in Boston, I was only there for a few hours, but we just snuck in a lobster roll and a few other things at uh, Neptune's. Hmm. Um, and I have a lot of chef friends. I wanted to see a bunch of people. Apologies. And that's the difference between having a family now and not. No family, I'm there for 72 hours. Yeah. I'm going to here, here, and here. Yeah. Stop by, see a bunch of chefs. Yeah. Whether it's Barbara, Ken, Jamie, whatever. Now? Sneak in a lobster roll and go home. Yeah. Yeah. Some base scallops, haven't had that. It was delicious. God damn. And I can't remember the oyster that we had there, but that was the best oyster. I I, I love East Coast oysters. Hmm. And they can be overly briny. But the ones that we had, it's killing me. Shit, the name. Um, they had Neptune in its name, actually, I believe. Um, oh, I heard of this. What is it? Uh, Neptune's no. Ambrosia. <laughs> um, Characterize East Coast first. You haven't been given cover. There's only to the from, Kumamoto. Again, from my um, uneducated, poorly informed food knowledge, <laughs> all oysters only descend from two oysters. Mm -hmm. uh, two. Uh, species it's the blue point and the kumamoto mm -hmm. and they're all varieties and it's the terroir or whatever the aquatic version of terroir is <laughs> i think it's gonna be still, still terroir uh that changes the <laughs> aquatic version of terroir. yeah okay <laughs> it's a book title <laughs> uh okay so yeah so all oysters are basically these but like a and hog the island is yeah. just a blue point grown in you know hog island waters or whatever that's what you're saying hog island's west coast though yeah, yeah, I was just saying no, as an example. No, like, no, Blue Point in terms of Pacific and Atlantic. Okay, okay. So, uh, Hog Island is just a Kumamoto grown in Hog Island yeah, or whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, or uh, over millions of years or whatever, it's evolved into that. Sure. But that's, again, we should probably talk to some marine biology and be like, wrong. This guy's wrong again. <laughs> I listen to this podcast <laughs> to find out how wrong he is. How could a human being be as wrong as this guy? How can uh, anybody be so wrong is another good podcast title we should start. Um. Anyway, um, there are clearly exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, East Coast oysters, super colder water oysters, but not always because the oysters in the South and Georgia and New Orleans area, they're clearly <laughs> tasting of the same species as well. They're just brinier, mm. more less minerally, but just what you get the first taste is salinity and the ocean. Mm -hmm. That's that's just what it is. Yeah, and you really getting that. To me, it's the essence. I'm a prof I I love West Coast oysters, but there's something about an East Coast style oyster hmm. that really speaks to me. Yeah, sometimes it can be even too salty. Yeah, West Coast are more creamy. That's the word that gets used a lot. More melon like flavors, more mineral even though mineral could be used for both. It's just a very different consistency. It's a mellower oyster, too. One looks like a cooked mussel sometimes. The, the other one, looks like, yeah. yeah. The East Coast looks like phlegm. <laughs> the East Coast Paid by the Oyster like, Society. The East Coast looks like, yeah, it looks... It's not here. Translucent. Yeah. It's like it's got. It's always sitting in more of a until a, you get to the bigger ones like a Bellone oyster. Right. Then which, you get back into meaty town are a different thing. Most Americans would never even understand what a bell right. is. And that and I think at that level, when it gets larger East Coast oysters start to taste somewhat similar to me in the metallic taste, mm. bigger oysters to me taste metallic in some degree. Okay. And a, that's where I feel like. The bologna I love, but it has that metallic, but not the creaminess. Mm -hmm. That makes any sense. Anyway, I had a wonderful oyster there. Beautiful. Just ordered one piece of shrimp cocktail. Like a single shrimp? Single shrimp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a large shrimp? Mm -hmm. Like a big, big old prawn. And um, not just a normal shrimp. 
Just big one. You can order a single. You can order a single cocktail. Yeah, I've never seen that before myself. It's beautiful. This is the most advanced civilization I've ever heard of. And um, the lobster roll, so good with hot butter. I don't. I do not like mayo on my lobster roll. It's got to be Connecticut style. Connecticut style wins. Is a champion. Yeah, hot butter. There's a lot of good things in Connecticut. (laughs) Pizza. Mm -hmm. So are you? Oh, speaking of which, I oh, and then you know what? I I did the I did the Drew Barrymore show. That's another thing I did. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even know you did that. Yeah, that's going to air later this year. Oh, how's 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 Drew Barrymore? I love Drew. On the way there, I stopped by uh, Luke's Lobster Roll. And I had a lot of lobster rolls. <laughs> That's actually God, what I. This is all you do on the East Coast now, lobster rolls. Um, for, I don't even love lobster. Yeah. I got a crab roll. I love the crab. So here's the getting back to something that's more food related. Are you food or lo- food? Uh, for food, are you lobster or crab? Are you team lobster or team crab? And, then, and yeah. Hmm. Doesn't matter. It could be all, all varieties of crab. Don't matter. Yeah, I mean, with the exception of Dungeness, what I'm that I'm not a huge fan of, I'm team crab all day. If I could have if if it's just like you can have some crab or you can have some lobster, I would go crab. In almost in almost all contexts. As a role, I don't know if I've had enough crab rolls to say I would prefer a crab roll. Just in general, too. Crab rolls are severely underrated. I have not really had that many. I'm torn. I think I would have liked lobster if I didn't grow up eating kill so many lobsters. Yeah. Yeah. Um in the most horrific way possible. <laughs> but I think there's like something to be said. But like, I love lobster sauce. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the thing. I love crabs. I love the crab liquid. I love crab meat. Mm-hmm. The tamale. I just love the crab itself. But as a soup, as a sauce, yeah, I'll take a lobster of- every day. The lobster shell produces a more flavorful the, the, sauce. The, the 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 innards of it, yeah. yes. The lobster meat. It, mm. well, there's like some similarity between. I would say. Uh, I would almost say like crab, blue crab. Let's say is your East Coast oyster versus your West Coast yes. lobster. You very good. It's a milder, meatier thing. It's a good analogy. It's just based on my analogy was take the last thing we said and see if it applies to this one. Um. What I do miss about Australia, though, is uh, the Yarra Valleys. Uh, a lot of uh, comes from a lot of uh, a lot of indigenous people eat fresh crayfish there, mm-hmm. and I can't remember what the smaller ones are. They have different names for the sizes, but we used to serve them at the restaurant, and um, they're called yabbies. Mm-hmm. And the big ones are around a pound each. Mm, my God. <laughs> Wait, some of these are crawfish that are the size of yeah, a lobster. Yeah, I remember it was like 500 gram lobster. Oh I mean, God. crawfish. That's wild. It's so good. Well, that's the thing is like, you get you go to a crawfish boil and you get like the little guys and you're like, was this worth the effort? But if I could get a just a little bigger one. We're, 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 we're a pound crawfish. Hmm. It's just big, mean, and delicious. <laughs> that should be a t-shirt. Big, mean, and delicious. God, when was the last time you had crawfish though? It's been a while for me. Yeah. A long time. Yeah. Or Marin. Ooh, oh, that's Marin's it. Yabbies. Like, fuck. Marin's what you're talking about. My, Marin. Yabbies are smaller crawfish. Marin's are, um, look like they were on the island where Godzilla w- uh, was formed. <laughs> <laughs> they were just in that bar where yeah. everything was bigger. Yeah. It is crazy. They're crazy. <laughs> yeah. They're so big. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Wait, so Yabbies are the small ones and Marin's are the big, big, like, big ones. And the there's big... another name I can't recall. But the, the, the Marin tail is basically here. It's like a lobster tail size. Um, damn. One last thing before we get out of here. I I don't know if this is a debate, but between Australia and Mexico, I don't know who has better slang or nicknames for things. Well, we've talked about Mexico. We know that Mexico has wonderful nicknames for things. Give me a taste. Break me off a taste of the Australian ones you're talking about. Australia has nicknames for everything. I was just thinking about, and I don't even know what they are anymore. You have to be there. Oh, like, like Yabby's nope. is a good name for things. It almost feels like if you spent some time in Sydney or Melbourne or Australia in general, you're in a country where, <laughs> if, have you ever been in a conversation, do kids even speak Big Latin anymore? <laughs> have you ever been in a conversation where there's two people and they're speaking Pig Latin and, and you know that they're saying something in English, but you have no idea what they're right. saying? At all. You just hear people being like, right. (laughs) This has nothing to do with that, but that feeling of, 
I think I know what you're saying, but I have no idea what you're saying at all. He's like, the feeling you can have when you're in Australia, and they don't have to be a bogan or anything like that. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. They could have a five-minute conversation without saying any word in its full form. Mm -hmm. It's all almost feels as if they're saying it in Aussie Morse code. Right. And at the end of the day, everything's shortened. Right. And at the end, you're like, what are you talking about? They're like, we're talking about hot dogs. (laughs) What do you mean? Do you want to go to the movie theater (laughs) after lunch? What the fuck? No idea what you just said. How, how, how was that communication? How did that transmit? I had no idea what you just said. Yeah. Everything in Australia, because I spent a lot of time there, has to be short and short and short. Every word evolves. So let's cut that off. Let's make that. Mm -hmm. I feel that. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. There's, they've they've got little nicknames for every single little thing. Every word. The, uh, like, oh my God. Now I'm trying to remember any of them. Like the, the stupid, we're not doing a good job. The spinning clothesline thing they have a name for. They've got, uh, it's hard for me to say any word right now. Cause I some like an imbecile, <laughs> not a surprise, but it's amazing to me that every word for the most part gets turned into. So, a there we, so there's a game called Goon of fortune where they put a, uh, a goon bag is an example. They have a name for the wine. That's wine. Wine inside the box. Wine. It's called yeah. the goon sure. bag. So goon of fortune is you tie a goon to a spinning clothesline and you all stand around it and you spin it and whoever it lands in front of has to drink it. But like, if you were like, Hey, give me that goon bag. You'd be like, Whoa, I don't have a goon bag. Yeah. They've got good names uh, for everything. Oh, uh, I can't even remember. I, it's shocking to me that I can't, <laughs> One of those things well, is as if you're in an argument. Well, give me an example, and you can't, and you sound like an idiot. Well, but you know, but that you know, as soon as we stop recording, you're gonna be like, okay. God, I remember all of them now. Koalas are outback doggies. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Give us five stars. 